And, uh, but it is beautiful there, that fawn campground. So much shade. You're like, when, you got the water and thing, but where you're camping, you're in the forest. It's beautiful. I don't know. How many love a forest? I, I love a forest. And so, um, when I was, uh, when I was, uh, before I had told anybody that we were in the process of, uh, well, basically, in the process that led to us coming here to be to be the pastor here at Mountain Chapel, <clears throat> one of my uh, we used to call them interns, but we had to change the name officially for certain reasons. Thank you so much, brother. Amazing. Thank you. I mean, did you give this to me in the name in the name of the Lord? Because you get a reward for that. But, um, but <laughs> are you going to give a glass of water to someone? You might as well do it in the name of the Lord so you get a good reward. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, there's a whole message in that, isn't there? Just the heart behind whatever you do. But, um, anyway, it was a cool thing. One of my uh, students actually was a student, not a third year. She came to me and she said, I had a dream about you last night. And I said, well, let's tell them the dream. I just love... How many love the word of the Lord? I live, I live, you know, Jesus said, man can't live by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And God always has a fresh word for us. And, um, and, and I just love the word of God. I love what he speaks. And so I get excited. Anybody who has a prophetic word for me or, or a dream or, or he's telling me directly. So she says, well, I had a dream about you and you were training people in a forest and she said, and you were leading them like through an obstacle course. And, and, uh, and she said, there was three pregnant women and one of them was, um, one of them in the dream was Caroline, uh, who was actually on our team doing third year with us. And she in fact was, was actually pregnant. They have a baby now, a beautiful little girl. Um, but the dream was just so full of symbolism and what the Lord was saying. And I was thinking, like, the language of God is so awesome and fun, isn't it? You know, it's just like they're actually, I'm like, I'm just laughing as she's giving me the word. Because for me, it's a confirmation. You know, I'm like, we're practically in a forest. There actually is a course. And I believe that, you know, um, the Bible says, let something be established by two or three witnesses. And so anytime there's two or three um, that's oftentimes a, the witness of the Lord. And, and I really felt that the pregnant women was re- actually represents a, a spiritual pregnancy here. And that God, that you're already pregnant. And, and God, uh, we are. That's us. And, and that God is birthing something in this season. Um, and uh, I'm just so full of hope and excitement about that. And, um, and so... Uh, <clears throat> Anyway, amazing. Well, I have a good word this morning. Um, I mean, it's impacting me, so I, I think it's good for me, so I'm expecting it to be good for you. Um, and a uh, couple things. I, I think I should little little note the awesome flashlights that we have. Dave found those. is an excellent score. Um, sadly... They lack power. They need a battery. I just opened mine. I just opened mine and looked. And I was like, oh. But it's just a double A, guys. So no problem. Just put a double A in there and your tactical flashlight will be operational. And um, and uh, let's see. I want to make sure I don't forget anything here. Um, yeah, well, praise the Lord. Hey, isn't it cool when your own kids want to be in your youth group when you're the youth pastor? Yeah, no, that is. That's you don't take that for granted, you know, because it's not. I, I, my kids. Well, Josh at least was uh, coming to youth group when I was a youth pastor, and I always thought, like, you know, I always thought about what's that like for him. But he loved it, and um, and uh, he actually he actually grieved a little and had to adjust when I <laughs> when I moved on and the awesome youth pastor came in, but it wasn't his dad, you know. And I just felt so. I was just thankful for that, and. Um, always try to keep my finger on that pulse, you know? You, you want your kids to experience all the blessing without any of the pressure that could possibly go along with it. And usually it's not you that puts it on them. 
But we're in a new day. You know, you just uh, that's just not happening really anymore. And, and I'm just so happy about that, you know. You get rid of religion, that heavy yoke of religion. <laughs> and you start living in freedom and it's a better life. And so um, religion is such hard work. You know what hard work is when you try to do what only God can do. <laughs> it's so hard. All right. So, um, hey, <laughs> it's unbelievably hard. But uh, we're going to be getting into Acts chapter three today. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to quote a few verses leading up to it. But we're going to we're going to really focus on Acts three today about the man at the gate called beautiful and um and i'm really feeling led by the lord um to to take we'll see how you know god could give me a word next week and i could have to shift it but i i do feel that the lord is is leading me to focus um at least for the next few weeks on the subject of the presence of god and um and that we as the church really what the church is is a place where god is present and that's what makes us the church, that the Spirit of God lives in you and me. And that makes us part of one body. And, um, and so uh, one spirit, one body, right? And, and, uh, but the, but I've, been, I've just been so rocked by this, this truth that like what Christianity boils down to is God himself living in people. And, and making us what we were always meant to be. And there's an entire experience, an entire way of life. And there's so much to see and experience once you're in the kingdom, right? But you can't see it until you enter it. And once you enter it, there's so much to see. But if you want to really boil it down, it really comes, it, it, come, it turns out to be this, that the Spirit of God has given us new birth. And, and, and the Spirit of God is the presence of God. When you have the voice of God and the tangible presence of God, what do you have? You've got God. You know, when you've got his presence and his voice, you've got God. There you are. You're face to face with God. And so really, uh, this is a house that hosts the presence of God so well. And one of the things we snuck in one Sunday way back before and just to sneak in is a funny word. But we thought, well, let's go up to church. I said, hey, let's just go up to Mountain Chapel and visit right now before anybody knows us. Let's just see. And we weren't spying or judging. We just were, we were just coming to, to, I guess there's a little bit of spying out the land, you know. That's okay. That's biblical. You can do that. So, uh, spying out the land. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so we, we snuck in. And as God would have it, it was perfect. He provided the best camouflage for us because y'all had, uh, the BSSD crew up here from the coast. So we kind of just blended in. Nobody knew who was new and who wasn't and who came with them. And uh, it's great, except for Bill Derryberry, like a heat-seeking missile. Like, you know, we were, we were sitting right here where Brian is. And uh, he, he came up uh, halfway through worship. He says, who's this family with all the rhythm? I'm like, well, I, I don't know how much rhythm we have. But, but uh, he felt drawn to us. And we, anyway, so. He he was in on the whole thing, yeah. Like he in on the whole, there was no thing to be in on at the point, but he'd heard my name and and uh, and he goes, oh, he goes, well, I won't tell anybody. And um, and so, <laughs> Bill, you remember that? It was great. We felt, and you know, of course, um, as all the stories about them um, are, he did just the same thing with us. He kind of like tucked us under his wing. He come to pizza with us, you know. He like. Let me buy you pizza, right? Just exchanged numbers, started texting with us. And um, I know that they've moved down to Reading now, but so glad that we got to meet them and that we know them now. And uh, so fun. So, But we're going to be taking some time the next weeks focusing on, um, you know, God is present among us. And uh, as I started to say, in the worship time here, we always feel such a strong presence, even on that day. That first day we came in. And wow, you're like, ah, oh, I love it. I love this, this presence of God. And, and that's normal. That's to be normal in the church. But I do believe that when we, when we give attention to what God is doing and when we begin to focus on what he is doing, 
then what he is doing can increase. It's one of the ways that we steward what God is doing among us by making it the most important thing. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the presence. But today, uh, uh, there's, I guess, I don't know if it'll be a series. It seems like it might be a little bit of a series. But the, um, today I want to focus on the aspect of receiving. Because when we come into the presence, we receive. And um, happy Father's Day, everybody. And uh, who's got five kids or more? Raise your hand if you're a father. Okay, five kids. Hold on. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, quite a few. Who's got six? Anybody got six kids or more? Seven? Fifteen. Just kidding. All right. Who's got eight kids? Eight kids or more? Eight kids? Whoa, well, Brian, you're pulling out in the lead right now. How many kids do you have, Brian? Nine kids. Can we just give a hand to this man? Come on. You should get two flashlights. That's true. That is true. <laughs> yes. Nine kids and your great reward is two flashlights, Brian. And, um, and so, uh, <laughs> hey, but they're cool flashlights. And so, um, <laughs> praise God. Acts <laughs> chapter three. Oh, happy Father's Day. Um, uh. <laughs> you know, I want to declare to you uh, something that I have discovered. It's, it's more than a prophetic word. It's a statement of truth. Mount Chapel is a place that people come to encounter God. And, and I believe that that is something that is increasing. You know? you know, when we were talking about what you focus on increases, it's, it's actually very, very biblical. David said, magnify the Lord with me. And it's it's the it's the spiritual it's the biblical uh, principle that um, whatever we give our attention to begins to grow in our sight. And it's not that God ever gets any bigger; He can't get any bigger than He is, and He certainly will never get any smaller. But but to us, as we gaze on Him, we begin to magnify the Lord. And what happens, the, the end of magnifying God and focusing on God is, uh, is not, not really that we can explain God line by line, but what happens is we, we become in awe of him and we begin to worship. And, um, but we can magnify the Lord. And so we're going to focus on the fact that God is present and, um, and we're going to talk about being a people that camp around the presence Right. So that um, I was thinking about how the church, even when talking about the gifts, maybe we'll get we'll sure we'll get deeper into this later. But when it's talking even about spiritual gifts, it, it says so that if an unbeliever comes in, they will proclaim surely God is among us. Surely God is among you. Not like in other words, the experience It's not God's heart that that a non-believer would come to church and say, Surely they have many rules and things to say. You know what I mean? Like, or, or, or many good things that you could say. There's, there's many wonderful things that you experience about the church. But the prominent experience that's in God's heart is that people will come to church and say, what's going on around here? It's like God is among them. And God is among us. And, and um, I, when I was in Fusen, Germany with the team... One of our alumni, Simeon, who's the second, uh, second leader um, of the school there, young man, told me a great story, a great testimony, and it's, it's, I know you'll enjoy this. When he came up in his first year of school ministry to the course, Tim, you're going to love this testimony, and um, uh, he, they went through the course, and then somebody, well, I think it was one of the interns that was along with them, just said something to him after he had gone to the course. And he said, uh, wow, I was so proud of the way that you did such and such. But when he said that, the Lord just came upon him. And he said, he just began to break and weep 
under like and he said he said I just encountered the father's love there and, it, and he, so it started out there he said he came in here and he just wept and wept and wept because of the love of God for him and it, he said it was one of the most defining experiences with God that I've had and then he came back the second year walked into the sanctuary and the Lord came upon him again and that same experience went deeper and um, and so I just want to tell you, like, I, that's just one testimony, but, but that, that is a testimony. That's what God does here. That people come and they experience God. And I just look forward to more, more of those testimonies. Um, you know, we're talking about Happy Father's Day. Well, God is a father. Right? He's the father of all. And this fits right in to receiving today. Because a father, and especially God, the father of all, is the provider of all. And if you really think about it, you don't have you don't have anything at all that you didn't receive. If you didn't receive something, you would have nothing. It's because you wouldn't even be alive. If you didn't receive life, the fact that you're sitting here today means you received a gift from God called life. That he created you and that you're here and life is a gift. And so it, the Bible says that every good, perfect gift comes down from the Father of life. That's a great word, right? Because what kind of things come from God? Only good and perfect. And every good and perfect gift there is comes from one place. It comes from God. And, and, and that is God as a Father. And so if gifts come from God, then what does that make us? That makes us receivers. <laughs> And Jesus, when he sent them out, he said, freely you've received, so now you can go and give. Now, a lot of people are trying to do stuff before they've received something. And, it, and it's hard work. That's what we talked about earlier. It's very hard work to produce eternal fruit in your own strength. But, but when we're abiding in the vine, what does a branch do when it's abiding in the vine? You know what it's doing? Yeah, it's receiving. I mean, that branch, that branch is relying on the life of that vine. If that vine's got nothing, I got nothing. Thank, thank God that we're rooted in the true vine, the eternal source. And so we're talking about receiving today. It's <laughs> a good word. So since God is the giver of all life and all good things, all other beings, especially humans, are receivers. It's a good word. Uh, you can, you can like shout or whistle or whatever you want. I'm just, I'm just you don't have to though. I'm okay with silence too. Um, <clears throat> we were always silent in BSSM, you know, especially in the first years. They're like, Bill likes to hear an amen sometime. I'm like, I mean, somebody tell Bill that my brain is destroyed when he talks. I can't speak. Anyway, like. <laughs> Please, I mean, I'm receiving, but I can't utter a word. I just never. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean. Seventeen years later, he still is opening lines. Sometimes I'm like, "Oh, come on!" I'm ready to go home and think about that. Anyway, um, so uh, <laughs> like that's how we're starting. I would be working up to that. Anyway, um, so <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, uh, the church is to be a place that when unbelievers come in, they proclaim, surely God is among them. The kingdom of heaven does not consist in words, but in power, the Bible says. There is a kingdom, but it's made of something. Every kingdom is built from something. But this is a kingdom that the substance of kingdom is actually power. Whoa. 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 God, what a kingdom. What's it made out of? Power. I built it out of power. No, but anyway, I don't know how that all works, but it's awesome. And um, it's a kingdom of power. That's just the point, though, isn't it? It's not something you can understand. It's something you have to experience. And once you've experienced it, you can give it. Oh, how does it work? Well, I, you know, I received and now I give it. What else? I, I'm going to receive some more. And, um, and so receiving Jesus actually said, 
receive. Jesus in, in uh, John 20, 22, I made a note here. And uh, so we're going to mention that again later. But, but Jesus came and it says that he breathed on them after he rose from the dead. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Powerful. I looked up that word receive. It's pretty powerful. You know what it means? It means to take. So, yeah, receive. It means to take. So it could be translated, Jesus breathed on him and said, take it. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, that's biblical. Take it. All right. But he said, receive. And, um, and, uh. Anyway, that, and that wasn't the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was spiritual birth that he gave in that moment. And so, um, revival, as we call it, comes through receiving something. And um, we're going to talk about receiving some, how we can actually, do you realize that however good you are right now at receiving from God, you can be better at it? Isn't that encouraging? And we all start somewhere. But I know on my journey, I, somewhere I just began, I learned. I'm like, Yo, oh, I'm learning to receive from the Spirit. And I begin to encounter God more. The more, the more I learn to surrender and receive when He's doing something, the, the, the more receptive I began to be. And I'm like, I'm, I decided I'm on a journey for the rest of my life to learn how to receive more. Yeah. Just receive from Him. To be the best surrendered vessel that I can be, the best branch that I can be, the, you know, just to abide and receive. And, and so receiving, we're talking about a culture that camps around the presence around and the presence of God is this. God himself is the source for everything in our life. And so we can receive from him. How many want to receive from God? <laughs> How many want a fresh touch? From the Holy Spirit. I do too. And then I want another one after that. And, um, and I just want one that never stops. And, um, and as a matter of fact, revival, the word revive means to bring back to the normal state of life. And so a lot of the church sees revival as a special event. But God sends revival when he says, oh, you guys are too far from how it's supposed to be. And he, pump, pump, live. And... Um, you know, revive. And uh, it's like, you know what I mean? It's not a special lot. You're supposed to be alive. And, um, and so, you know, there's things that can get in the way of receiving, you know. And it's basically an attitude helps us receive, you know. And um, I would never want to point the finger or judge anybody. So when I say things like this, I'm always thinking about my own heart position. But, you know, you hear statements like, well, God's moving over there, you know. And... Um, now, I just want to say, I'll say it this way. I'm going, to, I'm going to say it differently. I'm going to say it this way. One of the marks of revival throughout history is a willingness to um, receive from others. And sometimes people would travel to do it. And, and, you know, and, and, and sometimes it just means a personal revival means like if Fenton wants to lay or David wants to lay or, you know, whoever wants to lay hands on me, then I'm going to receive it, you know. And I might be the guy who lays hands on a lot of people, but if somebody wants to lay hands on me and, and uh, they're full of the Spirit, I'm like, well, great, I'm just going to receive. And so, so um, learning how there's times to give, but there's times to receive, and, and, um, and we don't have anything to give unless we receive. And so, oh, so good. Um, but when I was a youth pastor... Uh, I was about a year and a half into being a youth pastor. It was my first full-time ministry position. I was figuring it all out and um, working really hard. And sometimes, like, the harder things are, the harder you work. And what you need to do is you need to stop and get, get something from the Lord. And, you know, don't work harder. Drink deeper. And uh, <laughs> drink deeper. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And... And I was standing in the hallway there by the great room and, and um, down the hill. And a couple ladies who were moms in the church um, were talking to me. I also happened to be intercessors 
wonderful ladies of prayer. And they were talking about we're praying for people, receiving prayer. And I, and I had this thought as they were talking. Cause, I mean, in the days of renewal, we chased down renewal meetings. I was getting every word I could get. I was getting prayed for by anybody who would pray for me. I'm just hungry. And somewhere along the way, I started working hard and I quit. And, I, and they're talking and I was like, I had this thought. When's the last time I had somebody pray for me? I couldn't remember. And I thought, that's a problem. That is a real problem. And I suspect it's why, it's why, it's why I'm striving so much right now. And so I set out to fix that. And, um, and so, you know, if you're thirsty, get a drink. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. And it says this. <clears throat> now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, uh, which was called Beautiful, to ask alms who was begging for anything um, from those who em- entered the temple. And, um, and so he chose a good location because, you know, godly people tend to be more generous. And uh, so I'll sit here by the temple. And he says, um, and so, okay, I'm going to hold that back. So, yeah, who sees Peter and John about to go into the temple and ask for alms and fixing his eye on him, John, uh, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. (laughs) Say, expecting to receive something. It's powerful. Expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he, he took him by the right hand. And he lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, he leaping up, he leapt up, wow, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. Well, I've seen people get out of wheelchairs, but I'm looking forward to seeing somebody leap out of one. Think about that. Leaping, walking, leaping. Takes a lot of strength to leap. And praising God. I bet he was. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Um, Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I just want to point out a few points here this morning. The first thing that happened. Was that so? Here's a man sitting by the, the temple gate. He's been lame from birth, can't walk, and and so his lifestyle depends on the generosity of others. If somebody doesn't give him something, he has nothing. Now, spiritually, that's true for all of us. We're all lame without Jesus, and and so and and so <laughs> I mean truly, and uh, and. Um, and so, you can't even stand spiritually without the grace of God. Anyway, so, um, yeah, let him who he stands. Oh, yeah. Anyway, be careful if you think you stand, lest you fall. So, it's this grace that allows us to stand and then much more walk, leap, and praise God in the Spirit. And so, but what happened was, he said to him, look at us. So, this man who was sitting there by the gate, had lifestyle that he was used to receiving from people. He, he was humble. Now, what I've noticed in life is that sometimes the people you think would be humble are very prideful. And the people that you might say, well, you've got everything, sometimes they're actually very humble. So what you have and don't have actually doesn't always determine whether you're proud or humble. Man, I, I've met people who have nothing and so proud. Try to help them. And it breaks your heart because you're like, dude, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You know, like people are trying to help you and 
And, um, but humility is a heart condition. It's, it has nothing to do with your... I, I realize things we have in the natural can affect that if we let it. But ultimately, being poor in spirit is a heart condition. In other words, knowing that you need God. So he says, look at us. He looks at them, expecting to receive something. Something happened when they said, look at us. It imparted hope to this man. Because it says, when he looked, he expected to receive something. What happened? He got hope the minute he said, look at us. Now, hope is... Desire and expectation. Desire plus expectation equals hope. It's powerful because hope isn't just like, hey, is that is is your business deal going to work out? I hope so. No, that's not biblical hope. It says, I really want it to, and I I actually expect it to. I'd be surprised if it didn't. This is how hope is in the kingdom. So in other words, I mean, it was, it's not a wish because the Bible says Christ is our hope. That's not a wish. That's an anchor. And, and so, so he gets hope. He's already got a desire. He needs something. But the minute he says, look at us, now he expects something. He expects to receive something. And, and so I just want to point out a few things. There's a difference between expectation and expectancy. And for some people, it just might be a play on words, but but hear me out. Expectation is a defined. I want five dollars or right, whatever it may be. I want to pay this bill. So I want this check to come in the mail. God, I ask that you would send me a check in the mail. The, the, the problem with that is that God is God. And so he's the father. And, you know, when your kids ask you for something, you're like, I'm going to take care of that need, but I'm going to do it in a way that you don't know is possible. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot more than my six year old. And and so so she might ask me for something and I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to meet that desire. I want to meet that need, but I'm going to do it in a way that you don't understand. How? How are you going to do it? How? You'll see. You'll see. So in other words, expectation can actually, if we are glued to our own definition of what we should receive from God, then we can miss what he actually wants to give us. It's, it's how they miss the Messiah. It's a, they, he said, oh, he's going to come in with his robes and he's going to, you know, he's going to punch the emperor and like he's going to kick the Romans out with physical force and he's going to have an army. Now we're going to have a king, you know. But think about it. What they were hoping for was a king that would reign for maybe 50 years, hopefully. And God's like, no, 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 no. My Messiah is going to reign for eternity. It's a spiritual kingdom. That's really cute what you're asking for and what you're expecting. But but you heard a promise from me and you expected me. To, the problem was it's great that you believed the promise. The problem was when you expected me to do it a certain way. And and so and so we define something and we say, this is what a Messiah is going to look like. No, God, a Messiah is coming because God is faithful and, and it's impossible for him to lie. And but it's not going to look how you think. And so here he comes on a donkey and there's there's Paul. You know, you know the story. And so um, on and on. It's how people have missed other moves of God along the way in history. And, and sometimes those people were involved in the last move of God. And then God starts moving somewhere else with someone else. And it looks a little different. And they're like, that's not God. We know what revival looks like. One thing that's sure about revival is that there's the presence of God. There's a tangible, manifest presence of God in his glory. But, but, but in all the revivals of history, God has restored something to the church. We had the Pentecostal revival, right? That's when the baptism of the Holy Spirit was emphasized. And we're all living in a reality that was birthed, I would say restored. Not birthed, it was birthed at Pentecost. But restored there in, in Southern California. And it was other places, um, and um, and so Bartleman, I, where was he? And and there was it was going on all around the world. But 
uh, there were some hot spots. And because of that, we got to. Re- so is God is there going to be another Pentecostal revival? Well, all those signs can happen in a revival and, and for sure will. It's been restored to the church. But who knows? And so I'm just saying that what expectancy is, is this what it says here. He expected to receive something. And this is a beautiful place to be. You know that song, It's So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And there's the sweetness of surrender in that place where we have expectancy. In other words, God, I need a touch from you. And I don't know how you're going to do it. God, I need to hear from you about this. But I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to speak. I don't know if you're going to speak to me in the word. I don't know if you're going to give me a dream. I don't know if you're going to send Reuben to give me a prophetic word. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where and how you're going to meet me. I, I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where I'm standing in the grocery store and I overhear somebody say something and it seems random, but it's definitely God speaking to me. How many have experienced that? You know, the language of the spirit. And so, but when I've got it defined, Maybe I'm not open to where where it's actually coming from and, and, and where God is moving. You know, Job describes a time when he, he's like, I look over here. I can't see him. I look over there. I don't know. But he knows the way I take, you know, and I'm, in other words, God sees me and I'm open to him. Here I am, God. And so expectancy is a key. And so I want to so you can write that down if you're taking notes. When, if you want to learn to receive, cultivate expectancy without definition. God, I want from you whatever you have for me. And I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going to happen to my body when you touch me. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't care because I want you. I want you. I don't want it my way. I want it your way. Because what I've experienced is that your way is better than my way. Like I go, I want this. And I was like, that's cute. Let me do what I want to do. And you'll be happy I didn't do your idea. You know, and and I can tell you that's the truth, you know, well, along the way, when people were asking, did you ever pastor a church? I'm like, to be honest, my like I'm fulfilling the purpose and the call of my life. But I had no idea that it was ever going to look this way. So I think I just should quit figuring out what trying to figure out what it's going to look like in the future, you know. And, and And so, like, anyway. So just about when you fully lay that down, the Lord's like, you are going to pass your church. So anyway, it's fun. That's fun. But you know what? You want to know that what is happening is God's idea. And um, because that way, you know, when you're a side note. But if you if you elbow your way into a spot or you work something out, you kind of orchestrate your life yourself. Sometimes God gives wisdom. Of course, he leads us and we have a part to play. Right. We work hard. We steward. We do all that. But but when I orchestrate things and I try to get what I want or how I think it should look, what I, heaven forbid, what I deserve. I'm just thankful I didn't get what I deserved. I got what Jesus deserved. And um, and so, I mean, I deserve hell. I mean, I, I, I'm just, if you really think about it, right? Uh, now I get what Jesus deserves. And, um, and so... So expectancy, I'm going to look to the Lord expecting to receive something. And God, that's okay. If, if, if when I get touched, I shake or I groan or I manifest some way that's uncomfortable to me. You know what? You're the Lord and I'm going to let you be the Lord of my life. If you want to speak to me, wherever you want to speak to me, you get it, right? So expectancy. Expe- expectation usually is a definition. I want this. This. And God's like... So what I started to learn to do is go, see this, God, I need you to do something about this. I need I need I need you to to do something right here. I need you. I need you. What are you going to do? I don't know what you're going to do. Here I am, God. I I don't know. I don't care. I just want you. And then he comes, you know, you come to church. Oh, God, I really want to hear from you today. You know what? Just try it. God, would you, I want to hear from you today. And then just be open. Who knows? Somebody might meet you in law. You don't know. Anyway, expectancy. Over expectation. Expectancy is hunger 
I think this is a great word. Expectancy is hunger that recognizes God is king. <laughs> Expectancy is hunger that recognizes Jesus is Lord. You're the Lord. You can do what you want. Expectancy is hunger and desire that trusts. <laughs> right? Faith is when you believe God for what he said. But trust is when you trust in his nature, when you don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I trust you. He teaches us how to do that. You know, Jason Upton sang a song, and, and, and one of the lyrics actually describes this. And it says, more of what we need, less of what we know. It calls not to our minds. It cries out to our soul. And it's the mountains burning in the sky. The fire of heaven without the fire will never fly to the heart of heaven. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. Lay it all down. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful prayer. You know, but think about it. More of what we need, less of what we know. Often what we need, we don't, we don't know. All right. Now, if I get what I need, I might get what I'm comfortable with. Or if I get what I know, if I get what I know, let me, let me rephrase that. If I get what I know, that means I'm probably going to get what I'm comfortable with. But God, he, he's, he's beautifully uncomfortable. He's the comforter. But whew, he's God. You know, ah, ah, <laughs> wow, it messes with you when you get in. Okay, so in a good way, I don't want what I'm comfortable with. I want God. And, and if I need to be comforted, he'll comfort me. And um, so uh, I want what I need, not what I know. How many would say amen to that? Yeah. I mean, it's coming from God, so we can trust him. He's our papa. Happy Father's Day, Lord. Expectancy is an expression of hope, desire for something good. Because, uh, so just so you know, when I, when I said what that is, uh, desire plus expectation equals hope. It's actually, you can word study that where it says Christ in me, the hope of glory. If you look up that Greek word hope, it actually means, it actually means the desire for something good with the expectation of obtaining it. I don't just want to expect to get it because he's the source. But I don't know what it'll look like. All right. Um, yeah, amen. Uh, thanks for the encouragement, Brian. Um, hope was ignited in the man when, when he said, look at us, right? So everyone is made to be a receiver. Listen, Adam received life. Expectancy versus expectation. We talked about that. Another way to say expectation, it's a, defi- it's a defined demand. Oftentimes, if we let entitlement get into our life, how many of you have ever had that for a moment? I'll raise my hand. Oh, it's so ugly, but how does it get in there? I don't know, but you're just like, God, I'm so sorry. You don't owe me anything. Like, you don't owe me anything. I really owe you everything, and I I hate that I've ever been that way to you, Lord, you know, and... um, but it's, it's, an ex, like a, it's an expected demand. Like, it's like, come on, God, I'm upset with you. Because, you, you know, it's just like, well, you know what? You can reason anything with God because he's got really big shoulders. You can, you can talk to God about anything. Like, you can talk to him about your frustrations. But, but the point is, is that we talk with God instead of at God. Yeah. You know the difference? Yeah. Reason together, you and I. We can talk about anything together. But if you come with accusations, we're going to have to have you have a time out until your attitude changes. You know, he keeps loving us. He just doesn't engage us on that level. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, when you're done with that. And uh, but meanwhile, I'm loving you, doing things for you you don't even know about. You'll thank me later. And, uh, and so, <laughs> so help us, Lord. Um, expectancy is an expression of one who is poor in spirit. You know, receiving, in order to receive, you know, remember, take it. In order to receive, 
there's something that needs to happen. I had this German chocolate Kinder, these little Kinder bars that somebody gave me. And, um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, my niece was over and the girls were out there and my daughter's my niece. And I said, oh, you know what? They're going to love me if I give them some Kinder. And so I've got, I, they were just the little bars. I just had a few. So I got one of one, uh, out for each of them and I brought it out and we go, Hey Molly and gave Molly one. And then I go to give one, I go to give one to my niece and she's playful and funny. And she kind of, she doesn't even put her arms up. She's just playing with me. So, you know, but, but it's a great example. She sits there on the floor and she just opens her mouth. She wants me to put the chocolate with the wrapper still, by the way, in, in her mouth. And I, and I go, no girl, if you want it, you're going to have to, you're going to have to take it. You're going you're gonna to have to reach up, you know, and, and I thought if, you, if you're not even going to, you know what I mean? Like, and I believe the Lord's like, here you go. But you just you just need to receive it, you know, like I'm not going to work harder at giving you chocolate than you are at receiving it, you know, and and um, and, you know, a great, you know, expectation. I, I, um, I guess I'll forfeit a reward to tell this example. Just kidding about that. I'm just kidding. You don't want to let your right hand, you know, your left hand, know what your other hand's doing. Anyway, there was a there was a man in Reading, and uh, I saw him around quite a bit. And the the poor man, he he's broken, just broken in his mind. Kind of shakes his hands, and he just walks around, it's barefoot, and it's like so hot out. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, dude, that pavement, and um, no shirt, just like a pair of pants, raggedy old pants, and. Dirt. He's been out there, and and so I thought I just was moved one day, and and I thought I don't want to hand him money. I don't know what he's going to do with it. Which it's not my business. If God if God moves you to give somebody money, it's really I don't have a problem with that because I'm like you know what I really if I did it I gave it to Jesus. What they did with it. But I I went down to Trader Joe's and I threw a few things in that I thought I would like if I was hungry and hot and thirsty, you know. And um, it just came and just gave him a little bag of stuff. I thought, he won't be hungry. He won't be thirsty. And um, maybe he'll get a little, a little treat. And the guy, you know, he takes it. And I don't judge him. He's broken. It's okay. I'm good. But but he, he kind of ruffles to the back. And then he looks at me and he goes, man, do you have any money? And I was like, ah. And I didn't. I didn't have any cash. And I said, and I go, no, man, I'm sorry, I don't. Um, but I thought you'd be hungry. And so I, I hope you I hope you enjoy some of that, you know, at least. And just said, the Lord, Jesus loves you. I blessed him and, and, and went away. And I just thought, wow, like we can do that to the Lord. God says, here. And you're like, you know what I can really use? You know, and I'm like, you know what? The Father knows what I need before I ask. He knows those things. He wants to know if I'm, if I'm going to trust what he's doing. And there's grace for that. And so when we're talking about camping around the presence and, and being um, a, a community of believers where people will come in and, and say, and you know what, this is something that we can't, we can't like pull, pull the cables and crank the thing and now make a, oh, God's among us, right? Like, but God is among us. That's a fact. But what we can do is we can be a great landing pad for Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we can decide that whatever Holy Spirit is doing, whatever he's doing is the most important thing yes. that there is. And, and how many are just hungry personally for the Lord? You know, a few years ago, I felt like I had, you know, the funny thing about a fresh touch from God. Sometimes, you know, you need it. Sometimes you don't know you needed one until you got one. Oh, gosh, it's so it's so crazy, isn't it? You're like, boom. And you're like, oh, oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize how much I needed that. Lord, what was I? What was I doing? You know, and and um, about about three, four years ago, I just had a season where I literally just felt like I got born again again. I wasn't away from God. But just that first love, surrender, and God did it. Like, it's a work of His Spirit, you know? And, and since then, it's like, oh, Lord, help me. Help me never to forget this, God. Just, 
I'm, I'm actually even reliant on you for that. <laughs> like, I need your help to be hungry. And, and I just want to be a great... How many want to be a landing pad for Holy Spirit? How many just want Holy Spirit? Come, do what you want in my personal life. I call it, I said I felt like I had a personal revival in the midst of a revival. And I just want to stay in revival for the rest of my life. Revival is that you're in love with Jesus. First love. You know, and the, and the key, a key, the, probably the main key is hunger, which positions you to receive. Receiving. Receive from the Lord a fresh touch. I like to call it the receiving gate. I, I believe there's a, a gate. Like I picture it's like in your heart there's a gate. You know? And I just picture it's like a receiving gate. And it's an interesting thing with that. Because this man was expected to receive something. But he thought like money, anything. You know, I'll take any. I think he was kind of like, I'll take anything. But it's probably going to be, if I had to guess, if you give me like a falafel or some silver or anyway but um but like it's like he opened that gate to receive whatever he had and he got something he never bargained for but man it was better it was better you, you, you money or food how about the ability to make money and buy food for the rest of your days how about how about your heels so he opens this gate and he goes, and he just slips the power of God in there instead. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. I'm like, oh, that's how I want to live. Gate open. Gate, receiving gate open. Yeah, receiving is a couple things I'm going to pray. Receiving is humble, but active. It's not passive, Right? Like, that was, that was active. She, I gave it, but she received it. So it's humble. You have to be humble to receive. It's such a bummer when you know you're offended. Yeah, have you ever been? I've been there. Like, and, and when you're offended, it's pride. There's just no other way. When you're offended, it's my pride. <laughs> it's okay. We've all been there. But like, but like, the bummer is you're sitting there. Oh. And I've, I've literally been like, Oh, the Lord wants to give me something. And I have to humble myself right now. I realize I'm offended right now. Okay, God, help me. I repent. You know, but um, but receiving is humble but active. And you know what the thing about humbling yourself? It seems like it's going to be so hard. And then just in one second, you're so glad you did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it feels so much better. Uh, so let's just let our hunger be stirred. Would you stand today? Receiving. Oh, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Why don't you just uh, put yourself in a posture of receiving um, whatever that is for you. I mean, there's no formula for it. But uh, just receive from the Lord today, right now. Just let the wind of God blow upon you today. Holy Spirit... As we close up this time, and as we go forward today, for the rest of our day, but we just thank you for your presence today, the wind of God. And, and we here at Mountain Chapel, Lord, so many hands, all these hands, it was almost, it was pretty much everybody, hands went up all over. They said, God, we're saying together, we, we love you. Have your way. Have your way. And I release to you today a grace. I release to you today. A grace to receive from the Lord. Oh, I feel it. I feel the grace. How many feel that? Grace to you. Ah, in Jesus' name. <laughs> grace to you. In Jesus' name. God, I pray you would show us if we, have, if we have shut that gate unknowingly often. It's often unknowingly. Sometimes it's hope deferred. I feel like, I actually feel like today there's, the Lord is ministering right now. That some people are like, you know what? I didn't want to shut the gate, but I had deferred hope. And I closed the gate to protect myself. And I just feel the loving Father today saying, you don't have to protect yourself from me. Let me come and protect you. 
I'll take care of your heart. Let Just open that gate to me, you know. He says, I stand at the door and knock. Like, God, I thank you and, and for that. Oh, I see that. I see the Lord is healing hearts today, as Fenton mentioned, in a transition time. God, see that. Lord, heal the hearts today. Lord, we just want to be oily, like, loved kids in your sight. We want to be all oiled up and lovable. And let you pinch our cheeks and do whatever you want. <sighs> just a minute more because God's doing something. I just want to make sure we don't miss anything. God, oh, I see the Lord stirring. There's like he took a stick and he was just stirring the pot with a big spoon, you know, stirring hunger. So, Lord, I thank you for that. Some of you might begin to feel like groanings in your heart. Don't mistake it for desperation. It's called hunger. And hunger is the first sign of a fresh move of God. Cool. I love that. You know, a lot of people feel hungry and they think it's lack. Oh, I just, I'm missing something. Are you kidding? I hear hunger. And that's a sign that God is moving in your life already because you can't be hungry without God touching you. So hunger itself is the first sign of a fresh touch on your life. Oh, because he said to me once, he goes, when I want to plant a tree, I dig a hole. Sometimes he just needs to dig a hole in our heart that feels like a groan. And he goes, perfect. Now I'm going to plant that tree. Boom. I'm going to plant something new. And so God, we say, have your way today. And I just want to invite the, the, those who minister and those who pray to come to the front. We want to pray for anybody who wants to receive prayer today. Are you, maybe you just want a fresh touch from the Lord. And uh, you can come up for that. I want to just give one opportunity here. Uh, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you, you don't know what it means to be born again, to experience this life that we're talking about today. And, and you feel like like you're looking into a house that's like with a warm fire and you're like, I'd like to know what it's like in there. If you want to know God for yourself, you've never been born again. I want to give you an opportunity to just raise your hand today. It's a celebration. If that's you, there's no shame, but it's an invitation to a new life. So so if that's you today and you're like, you know what, I, I, I'm here today and I've never known the Lord. Will you raise your hand? Okay, and, and I just want to give one more. If, if today you're here and you've just been away from the Lord, and, and I don't mean like you've had a tough week. It's like, you know, you don't have to get saved every week, but like, but like, but I mean like you're like, no, I I have been living my own way. I I have been resisting God in my life, and and I I, I want to surrender. I want to come home on Father's Day to Papa. Uh, I want to run to Jesus today. And the, and the Bible says that he's going to run to you and he's going to wrap his arms around you. He's going to say, my son, my daughter is home. And so if that's you today and you, and you want a new beginning, a fresh start in your life, would you raise your hand? Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. There's a couple of hands. Oh, one, two, three. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. Can we give them a, a hand clap? Yay, God. Uh, those that raised your hands, actually, I just want to ask you to come forward so we can celebrate you right now. Come forward to this team and they want to pray. If you raised your hand, the three of you, just come forward and, uh, and allow the team to minister to you. And, um, yeah, um, Barry and Bev, if you want to come and help pray, that would be wonderful. And, yeah. Praise the Lord. Yes, yeah, so come forward and uh, and and uh, we. And I just want to let you know, heaven is celebrating today, and uh, we're celebrating with you. You're 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 with family. You're with family now. This is your family, and this is your home. And so we welcome you here, and we bless you today. The last thing I want to say, uh, and I meant to say this in the very beginning today, is guys, tomorrow evening at six o'clock, we have a great opportunity. To celebrate Cameron and Shannon and the family. And uh, so 6 o'clock here. Um, we want to just send them off with. Uh, I mean we're not sending them off. We're sending them into a new season though. With a blessing. And I uh, just want to prepare you 
that there's going to be an opportunity to bless them. If, if you if you want to bless them, if you'd like to to, to give and bless them, um, then you, you know, I'm just kind of making it wide open. You can do that. There will also be a time at the gathering tomorrow night at six uh, here um, for you to say a few words. And that would be amazing. So I'm telling you now so you could be thinking about that. And you could share with them how they've impacted your life, how how they've touched you, how your life has been changed because of of their service here. And we really want to celebrate them well. Amen. Yeah. Come on. So everybody come out. There'll be, there'll be food. And it's going to be a great time of, of celebration. And so, Father, thank you for what you've done today and for what you're doing. We give you all the praise, all the glory. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Anybody who wants to receive prayer, come on up and we're, we want to pray for you. Thank you guys for coming today.